I believe inspiring people to be the person they aspire to be by doing the things they aspire to do. This podcast is an additional platform to help me do just that. I know a lot. I've done a lot. And I do a lot. By sharing my experience with you all, be the highlight of my day. I will also have family, friends, and colleagues share their knowledge and experiences with me. You think you know me, but you don't know the half. Welcome to Vail's World. It's the team. What's up, what's up, what's up? It's your boy Lavelle D. Munger, your host for Vail's World Podcast. And we got another great episode. But before we get started, make sure y'all follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fails World Podcast. If you want to be a guest or sponsor upcoming episode, shoot us an email at Podcast at ldmonger.com. Now let's get on with the show. Today's good read, Black Boy by Richard Wright. Man, Wright's once controversial and now most celebrated autobiography in the world, Craig, measures the raw brutality of the Jim Crow South. Man, can you imagine growing up with parents and grandparents that was in slavery and then slavery was abolished and now you growing up in the South doing Jim Crow or lynchings and and not being able to go into certain bathrooms and having to go in the back doors of restaurants. Can you imagine how that was? Well, reading this book, it'll give you an idea of what that really looked like for a black boy from the age nine to an adult, from his first sex experience, from his first job, from labor, from education. It talks about all this. It's quite impressive. It talks about the differences in white culture from the South to Chicago as he traveled with his parents how he had to learn how to survive in the South, how he learned how to survive around white people, where he had to master his double conscious. This book talks deeply to me and my soul as it explains the burdens of black boys, how fast our youth is taken from us, how we are told and we are brought up in condition to grow up faster than we are, that we have to support protect our family, friends, and loved ones, how we had to hide some of our desires and the things that we want to do because the people around us not necessarily fit to see the vision. So they telling us no. They're counting us down before we even get started. That's what this book explained to me. Read Black Boy. It's the dark part of all of our hearts that we are afraid to explore. Read Black Boy by Richard Wright. Let me know how y'all feel about this book. Feel free to hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Vales World Podcast. Or if you have a good read that you want to throw out, feel free to shoot us an email at Vales World Podcast at ldmonger.com. Now, what's popping? So these last couple of days have been very, very stressful. So Kyle Wittenhouse was able to walk away free, zero counts of murder. And this is a modern day lynching. We have a white boy walks away scot-free after murdering white people for advocating for equality, equity, and justice for black lives. So what this does is tell white people, stay in your place. If you are going to march and protest with these black lives, you are 
be subjected to the same brutal treatment that they receive and the person responsible will walk away scot-free stay in your place white life that's advocating for black lives and then we have those same white lives that's asking for the same treatment the same result the same explosion the same response as a Trayvon Martin or a Mike Brown but as black people we are tired and we can't give y'all that same energy no more so now those same white people that's advocating for us are looking at us like damn but we was with y'all we lost lives because of y'all because the government is telling you stay in your place white life that cares about black lives mattering so the next time we get a uh ahmaud aubrey sandra bland brianna taylor we're gonna see how those numbers look we're gonna see how many of our white counterparts are outside protesting with us marching and crying for change because this was a modern day lynching the same way that uh, a slave that tried to run away is hung in front of all of the other slaves so that the master can tell you if you try to run away or disobey me this will be the same treatment for you or your loved ones that's how you maintain balance and control and then the day before thanksgiving the three individuals that are responsible for Ahmaud Arbery's murder were convicted. And the biggest difference between both cases is how the government responded, right? In the Rittenhouse, they had the National Guards start barricading. So in our minds, we already knew what that meant. And this was before the jury made their verdict. With the Ahmaud Arbery, we didn't hear any of this. We didn't hear about National Guards. We didn't hear about any barricades. So we kind of knew what was going to happen next. I'm happy that the state of Georgia got it right. This cow guy, he still have some civil lawsuits that he had to fight. Wisconsin, y'all really fucked up with this one. You saying that a boy has the right to travel across state lines with an assault rifle, walk around and murder innocent people, and then get away with murdering somebody for attacking him for murdering somebody that person is supposed to be a hero only in america and better news bmf and power had one of the best finales and season premieres ever so bmf had his last episode i'm not gonna give any spoilers but it was his last episode of the season i can't wait for season two little meach did an incredible job acting as his father those classes came in 50 cent has done it yet again stars need to go ahead and give him half of that money because with the ending of a great season was the beginning of season two of power book with tyreek walking in his steps as becoming ghosts and yes season two started off with a bang so i'm looking forward to the rest of this season of power book and i can't wait to season two of bml to see how it extends from the plot in which it left us at great job great job rp little rob november 23rd about 5 30 they did my nigga wrong. They did my nigga dirty. November 23rd will all be will always be one of those days. And 530 will always be that time when I think and reflect. What was I doing? We were playing video games with my bros, drinking Hennessy Black. Somebody bought some bougie NJ, and I was not messing with it because I don't drink Irkin Jerk. Never have, never did, never will. My mom was yelling out the window at Lil Rob, telling him to pull off because in the neighborhood in which we stayed in 
you can get pulled over for just sitting in your car. And he said, all right, mom, we finna go. I'll be back. And he was taking one of our homies to the house. A couple minutes after that, we received a phone call from one of the bros that was in the car. And he was breathing hard, crying. Hey, man, we just got shot at, man. I don't know where I'm at, man. I just ran. I'm under, I'm under these steps, man. I don't, I don't know what happened, man. I don't think he got out. And we're like, who, who? Calm down, like what? What you talking about, man? Little Rob, man, I don't think he got out, man. I, 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 I'm too scared to go see. So now we frantic, and of course I'm not going to a gunfight with a knife. So I did what I had to do. We run outside. We trying to figure out which direction. And ironically, another one of the bros pulled up and he had the same car. So as he pulled up, we thought, oh, everything good. And he had no idea what was going on. Again, my house was the meetup spot. Everybody got off work. We used to chill. He like, what's going on? I'm just telling him, just go down, just go down, just go down. I don't know how I knew where to go, but within three blocks, we were at the crime scene. We ran out the car. The police was already there. I tried to run to the driver's side and they stopped me. And I remember seeing blood and brain residue everywhere. And I knew that my dog was gone. Because we parked into the crime scene, they had to check the car and they found my gun. And me being a person that I am, I let them know it was mine. So myself and two of my bros, that were actually in the car. We were sent to the police station for questioning and left. The difference between everybody leaving is that I had to go back to the same house that we were all kicking it in, which his last words was, I'll be back. I went home and I was furious. I thought it was all my fault because I knew that little Rob was the nicest one out of all of us. So there's no way in hell he should be the one that's gone. I thought that whoever did this was looking for me. As weeks go by, we find out that it wasn't a planned shooting. There was a 14-year-old that was murdered within a three-block radius of where Lil Rob was murdered at. So the guys wasn't killing targeted people. They was just on some bullshit killing people because of the neighborhood in which they were in. The 14-year-old got in an argument with his parents, went outside, was on the front, was in his gate, was murdered. Little Rob, taking a friend home, driving down the street, stopping at stop signs. He's the only one that stopped at stop signs completely. Was murdered. That moment changed my life forever. I remember how the police officers treated us on that scene as if we the ones that murdered them. I knew I wanted to be a part of the solution. And the only way I can do that is by changing some of the things that I was doing, going back to school in hopes of being a homicide detective so that I can support our community in times like this. After the funeral, I didn't talk to my bros for months. I felt like an outcast. No one came over. No more conversations. Nobody checked in to see if I was all right. Because I felt like they should have because I stayed here. But then I had a sense of because I stay here, everybody think it's my fault. A couple years go by, graduated from college. Some of us went off of college. Some of us moved to different cities and different states. I remember when I moved to Florida, 
And I was here for a couple weeks and I received a random phone call from Los. <laughs> I was like, what? And I know a lot of Carlos's. And I finally called back as I was going to Miami and had one of the most memorable conversations ever with my bro Celos. We cracked jokes, remember the good old times. We were talking about how stubborn we was, how competitive we was, how powerful we was together. We apologized for how we abandoned each other. After that moment, none of us really had the tools to support each other in that time. We didn't know what the hell was doing or what was going on and why we was feeling the way we were feeling. And I remember him saying, yeah, bro, I got to come down to Miami, kick it with you. And I was like, man, just pull up, bro. Just let me know. A couple years after that, he died. And although we was able to get some understanding, we always called each other on November 23rd just to check in, just to say, I love you. Keep doing what you're doing. But I never took the time to really ask him below the surface what's really going on. This year, November 23rd at 5.30, although it's been years since CeeLo's transition, and it's been a year since my mom transitioned, and last year was really the first year I wasn't able to talk to either one of them on this day, but I was so busy dealing with so much stuff last year that it didn't dawn on me. But this year it hit. I couldn't call my mom. I couldn't call CeeLo's and talk about the situation, check on them. That shit sucked, man. The fire that all three of their deaths sparked in me, I'm sure they are proud of the things that I have accomplished and will be even more proud of the things that I will accomplish in the future. Mama Silos, Lil Rob, I love y'all, and we're going to keep going. Make sure y'all follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Vales World Podcast. Shoot us an email at Vales World Podcast at ldmonger.com. And if you would like to be a monetary investor for as little as 99 cents a month or leave a voice memo to be featured on an upcoming episode, hit up our anchor profile. Just hit up our anchor profile. Now to the hot topic. We got to stop expecting our family and friends to support us solely because they are our family and friends. That is the fastest way to bury all of your hopes and dreams. You have to fight for the support of your family and friends just as hard as you're going to fight for the support for others. Your family and friends are just the, the training that you need to be efficient in the real world. By elevating your hopes for support from family and friends leads to letdowns and some of the biggest heartbreaks. We have so much entitlement for those that we feel should support us just because of who we are and the relationship we have for them, that we cheat them out of the experience, that we give them the watered down version of our service and product because, you know, we fail. We have to stop doing that. And I ain't gonna lie. When I wrote this topic down a long time ago, it was not like this at all. I could have easily got on here and talked about how Family and friends and loved ones be the last ones that support you and be the first ones to hate. But when you take a step back and reflect and hold yourself accountable, it shows. My family and my friends, they know me as Lavelle. They don't know me as the host for Vale's World podcast. A lot of them don't even listen to podcasts. I found myself getting upset because I put a goal 
to have 100 monetary investors for as little as 99 cent a month. And I know I got 100 family and friends that got 99 cent a month that they can donate. And when they didn't, I took it personal. It crushed me. The excuses that some of them were sharing, 99 cent a month. I put our whole relationship in 99 cent a month. Don't get me wrong. A lot of the people in a lot of the spaces that I cut myself from has been very beneficial. But that was kind of fucked up. I felt that since you can donate 99 cent a month on this podcast, you can't love me. Because you're not hiring RTW for a family photo shoot, a graduation shoot, you can't love me. I tied love and happiness to the things that I were doing. And when my family and friends wasn't supporting that, I equated that to the lack of love that they had for me. And that's wrong. That's wrong. And it took me time to develop that. And Black Boy, he shared that he wanted to write. And his family was saying, no, you can't write. You can't do that. Why you want to do that? That's dumb. That's stupid. You're not smart enough to do it. You can't share all of your ideals with everyone, even family and friends, because, again, they know you for who you are. They know you for being my little cousin, my cousin, my brother, my big brother. They don't know you for the person that you will become. They don't know you for that photographer, that podcaster, the guy that's going to make the next social media out because they have 18, 21, 30 years of who you are and what you've been doing in those times and moments outside of the people that met you doing podcast photographies and creating that next app. That's the difference. We have to put magnifying glasses on those that support and not a magnifying glass on those that don't. Because one thing about family and friends is that if you continue to be consistent, they will see that it's a real thing. And then they'll be more prone to support it because their perspective, their biases on you are the same because we're all human. If you've been a basketball player your whole life and then one day you wake up and say, I want to be a chef and you think I'm going to eat your food on the first day confidently, maybe not. But if I see that you continuing to work on your craft and posting food and cooking, yes, I'm going to be more inclined to support this idea of you being a chef now. You won me over. Work harder for the time and support of your loved ones than you would for a stranger. That's what we have to do. We have to put that time in. We can't expect nobody to love us and support us just because we are who we are and what our relationship status is everyone has different interests like i said before a lot of people don't even listen to podcasts a lot of people don't even like taking family pictures so why was i getting upset when they wasn't listening to my podcast when they wasn't hiring rtw for photography services i mean you can still donate 99 cent a month it's only 99 cent why did that hurt me so bad Our loved ones won't always be our biggest fans. So we need to kill that expectation. Support systems matter. We don't have to rely on our family and friends. And honestly, you're really doing it when you you have strangers that support you. You have have people that, that never seen you before, that never had a conversation with you before and supporting you, supporting your brand. That's what you need, a support system. And if you can find a hundred of those, you are winning. I'd rather have 100 super fans 
than a thousand people that just know me. Because that 100 is going to be the community that continue to assist and, and help me elevate. See, a lot of us fighting for a thousand likes. I just need a hundred consistent likes. I just need a hundred people to donate 99 cents. I just need a hundred people to buy a hat. And all those people don't have to be my family and friends because all my family and friends don't like a warhead looking figure that says Veil's World. Who you are to your loved ones is completely different to who you are for strangers. And if you really want to take it to the next level, turn your supporters into family. Give them your all. Don't cut them short. Turn your family into supporters by giving them your all and not cutting them short. That's the key. Understand what your loved ones want and need. Just like you look into the analytics to figure out who your fan base is for whatever service or product you're providing and target them. Get your emotions out of the business and focus on service and products and customer service. And finally, support comes in different shapes and form. Moral support, financial support, social media support, marketing support. Support comes in different shapes and form. Technical support. Everyone isn't in your life to support you the same. Find out what support you need and who are the best people to provide that support and approach them like you're approaching a stranger. Approach them like you are approaching someone with a business proposal. Give them the same respect that you will give an exec, a CEO, some of these companies. That's how you win your family over and turn them into supporters. We got to stop feeling entitled of support from families and friends if we're not willing to put that work in. Peace and love. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Join me in my journey to success by following on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Veils World Podcast. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns you would like to address, or you just want to sponsor or feature on an upcoming episode, email me at veilsworldpodcast at ldmonger.com. Veils World can be heard on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, share, leave a review or a voice message, and more importantly, support. For as little as 99 cents a month, we can take this thing a long way. Love. It's the team.